Ion 2020 episode 206. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Well, guys, if there was a debate on Tuesday night, you would not have any idea that it happened because... That is that debate is not in the news at all uh, during the last 24 hours or so because Donald Trump had a meeting with the House Congress people, I guess, and really called them out, and it ended up where they just walked out on him. Uh, they said that he was crazy. He said that they were crazy, and they were at an impasse, and it was all over this resolution that the House passed condemning Donald Trump, I guess, for uh, his pullout in Syria. And they were, I guess they're rebuking him, but if there was a debate, and usually I'm going to do a post-debate show for you, that's typically what I do the day after a debate, I'll do a, I'll do a post-debate show, but to be honest with you, I'm going to have to look a lot harder and figure out if I can find some information on this as well, because there really is not much about the debate at this point, once you start looking through the news, uh, I you know, I go to the hill.com, I go to multiple different sources trying to find information about the debate, and uh, you can't find hardly anything because of the way that this entire meeting went down. So first of all, debate happens on Tuesday night. Usually the entire talk the next day is going to be on the debate, right? And in the morning time, it, it was. Like, I was looking at some news, and I was watching some news, and what looking at some news sources and stuff about it, and the main headline first thing in the morning on Tuesday was that Rudy Giuliani, that there was a debate or whatever, but then that Rudy Giuliani was not going to be working with the House and, you know, was was going to walk out on the subpoena and not show up to testify in front of the House and so forth. That was pretty much the big news of the morning. That was like the headline on the USA Today. So, because I was staying at a hotel that night and USA Today, that was the top headline was Rudy Giuliani not going along with the House and their inquiry. And then, halfway through the day, you start hearing a little bit about the House members. They passed the resolution. It was like 360 to like 60, I guess, 360 voted yes that they were in favor of the resolution that's going to condemn Donald Trump for pulling out of Syria. A lot of the Republicans, that they were saying, oh yeah, well, what, the re- only reason why I voted for it was because it was calling for a ceasefire, that the House was demanding a ceasefire in Turkey, and that Donald Trump was going to, you know, they were condemning him for, for the pullout that he did last week. And I got, maybe even condemning Turkey, I'm not sure, I didn't see the exact uh, statement, but anyway... So the House voted for it 360 to like 60, and there was some that voted no on it. I know Thomas Massey voted no on it, so that has pretty much been the news ever since then. And then, on top of that, the Democrats go and have a meeting with Donald Trump, and I heard it when they first came out, man, they were pissed. They were pissed. They were saying that Donald Trump had a meltdown. This is the key points. This is from CNBC.com. It says, Democratic congressional leaders say they walked out of a meeting with Donald Trump. 
after what White House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called a meltdown by the president. Earlier, the House passed a resolution opposing Trump's move to pull U.S. forces from northern Syria. The bipartisan vote came amid mounting backlash to the president's actions, which critics say left Kurdish troops allied with the U.S. vulnerable to a Turkish invasion. If there's one thing that Donald Trump has managed to do in all of this, he has managed to make it so that Democrats, even though they've been warmongering under Barack Obama and nobody had any hesitation to allow Barack Obama to let them do whatever they wanted to over there, right? If there's one thing that Donald Trump has done, he's united the war industrial complex, the military industrial complex, the warmongers among, like he has united them on both sides. He has shown them their true colors, which is we don't care. We want to be over there indefinitely because if there is a vacuum, we don't want someone else to fill it. If there's a vacuum, we need to stay. If there's 10 soldiers in one place, they don't leave that spot. Because if they do, there's going to be a power vacuum and someone's going to come in and fill it. He has really been able to show the Democrats for what they really are, and that is they are there to basically get reelected and just they're just there to be an opposition party uh, opposing anything that he does so that is pretty much um what he's managed to do is basically bring the republican warmongers and the democratic democrat warmongers to unite on that front but anyway that's neither here nor there i was just sitting there looking as much as i can for a little bit of news about the democratic debate and who won who lost like what the talking heads were saying and all that and uh, came came up where I couldn't find too much on it. So, um, but you know what? I am gonna find more. I've been looking and looking and looking. So let me just do a little bit of research. I'll find some more information as well. And uh, in the meantime, though, go ahead if you want to. Um, I just want to thank you guys for coming out and listening to the show. You continue to listen to the show every single day, uh, Monday through Friday. So thank you, thank you for listening to the show. All right. And uh, keep on coming back every day. You can do that by subscribing as well, uh, subscribing to the show. But the first thing that I noticed is that they were. This is what they were saying about um, the debate. This is what I was started reading on. Pete Buttigieg. They say that he won the debate because he came off as a reasonable centrist in some ways. The centrist between Joe Biden and the centrist between. Um, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, right? So they, a lot of people were saying that he won the debate based upon that, and he was able to attack Elizabeth Warren. He was able to attack Tulsi Gabbard. He was able to attack on some key issues to make him look like a more reasonable candidate. And you know what? I'm thinking about it. When I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah, it's, it kind of is true that especially now that they're framing it that way. So he won because he got them to frame it that way. I thought he was, he came off pretty much the same energy that he normally does. Just like, you know, talks in a reasonable way. Sounds like he knows his issues. Like he's very, he's not like super charismatic or he's not like a Barack Obama charismatic, but he has a little bit of charisma, but he seems like a rational level headed person. So I think that that helps him out a lot. And, uh, by him getting the candidates to agree 
or not the candidates, the news people, to agree that he won the debate. That is a huge win for him because that's going to be the news of the day. The only problem is the news of the day has already moved on away from the debate and on to Donald Trump and back on to Donald Trump again, specifically on the House resolution and then this meeting that they had. Uh, if there's one thing Donald Trump is great at doing, though, it is getting the media back on him rather than focused on the Democrats. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I've You've always heard the saying that says that all news is good news, no matter what. If it's if you're in the news, it's good news. Um, I think that what he's doing is getting his supporters to really, um, really follow him and really entrench themselves into following him. But then again, when you have a House resolution like this that you know only sixty people voted for, and they were all Republicans, the ones that voted against it. Um, I, I'd have to look at the entire numbers and see. I haven't had a chance to do that yet. But uh, Pete Buttigieg definitely did definitely did win just because of that. And then they were saying on top of him winning, they're saying that Elizabeth Warren, and I said this already, Elizabeth Warren did get beat. That's what one of the articles that I read said. And the reason why she got beat is because she did have to go on the defensive pretty strong in a lot of places especially on the Medicare for All, where she dodged it. A lot of people on Twitter were saying that as well. Another article that I read did say that uh, they think that Tulsi Gabbard may have won because she was one of the most searched people after the debate was over. I haven't found any confirmation on that yet, and that's what I've been looking for is a confirmation on who was like the most searched candidate after the debate. That's something I actually need to look up right now really fast. Yeah, so I did find one article on it, and it does say that Tulsi Gabbard was the most most Googled candidate after the debate for slamming uh, CNN and the New York Times as despicable for, you know, trying to smear her, and also for their coverage of the Syria regime change wars and their apparent support for the regime change wars as well. Um, there was a poll done. I mean, there's lots of polls that get done on these things as well, right? And uh, here's one specific. It says, uh, this is from heavy.com. It says, poll who won tonight's fourth Democratic debate for October 15th. And then they say, tonight was the fourth Democratic debate. This debate welcomed 12 candidates into the stage with their largest group of candidates ever on stage at one time. The candidates who were in tonight's debate for the Democratic nomination were Joe Biden. So they go through all of the different people that are on the debate stage at the time as well. And then you have... uh, when asked about impeachment, so it goes through a little bit about the debate as well, and then uh, it talks about what each of the candidates talked about also, and then afterwards, uh, it gives you a who won tonight's Democratic debate. So actually, it was not an article specifically, it just kind of went over about them, but then it's trying to lead you into who won the debate. So I'm going to go ahead and click on one of those really fast. I'll just say uh, Tulsi Gower, just for the heck of it, um... Not that I'm going to vote for any of those people, but I just want to see what these people say. Okay, so 11,747 people voted for Andrew Yang. Uh, So he got 62% of the votes on heavy.com. I'd love to see what Drudge has on this as well. I might actually look up the Drudge poll here in a minute as well. So you have 18,000 people that voted, and heavy.com put this out. And uh, 62.7% of the people went for Andrew Yang. Now, Andrew Yang, he has a lot of, like, tech-savvy people that are on his side. 
It's the same thing you could say for like Ron Paul back in 2008 and 2012 when his supporters would get online frantically voting for him. And uh, Fox News would always say, oh yeah, whatever, it's no big deal. It's just Ron Paul, the crazy guy. Uh, but he would always get lots of votes. That's a similar thing with Andrew Yang. Like he's going to get all those people. Same thing with like Bernie Sanders. He's going to get quite a few votes because of that. But 16% said that Bernie Sanders won. Tulsi Gabbard came in third. According to this, Pete Buttigieg came in fourth, Elizabeth Warren fifth. Um, I would say Andrew Yang, my personal feeling is Andrew Yang had a good showing. And I think that he's trying to speak, like he's using little keywords that libertarians might like to hear, like um, self-determination and giving the people the money so that they can spend it how they want to because we can trust them with it. We can't trust the government with it. Look what the government's done. Like he's using little keywords like that that are trying to appeal to a broad base of, like, libertarian-minded people. Not, like, the hardcore libertarians or anything like that, but like, but just libertarian-minded people that kind of say, yeah, let us be free. Those types of people. And that like, we like the idea of giving us the money so we can do with it what we want to, and so forth. Like, that, those are things that he's speaking to. So maybe there's some broad appeal because of that for younger libertarian-minded voters. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but then Bernie Sanders, he has the appeal of a lot of the younger progressive kids as well. Um, so that is what that particular poll had in mind. And then Tulsi Gabbard getting a 1500 votes as well. Um, 500 more than Pete Buttigieg, but way, way less than, um, you know, 85% less than Andrew Yang did. So, um, she, I don't think that she won the debate. I don't think that she has a lot of people on her side anymore in the sense that um, I think that she has a good anti-war message and all that, but I don't think there's like excitement behind her. It would show in these polls if there was a lot of anti-war excitement about her because Ron Paul, that was like the biggest thing about that debate back in 2008 when he w- he called out Rudy, Rudy, or called out America's foreign policy and that, you know, we need to look at what we're doing and all that. Um, and then Rudy Giuliani called him out and says, oh, well, look at you. You're blaming America first and all that. And then Ron Paul stood up to him. Like, that particular thing right there, he ended up getting so many votes on these little, you know, unscientific polls that they do. And the reason why is because people were excited about it at that point, you know. The Ron Paul revolution happened at that point because of it. And uh, Tulsi Gabbard is not getting that fire that Ron Paul did. So uh, I don't think that it's going to be... I I think that she's going to be out pretty soon just because of that. But we'll see. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Drudge Report, though. I'm looking at the Drudge Report. I don't usually look at the Drudge Report too much. uh, But they have Pete Buttigieg as the front page. The first thing that you look at when you look at Drudge Report... Well, um, as of when I'm reading is Pete, Pete beat Dem outsiders shake up the debate. The Dem outsider shakes up the debate from the judge report. So that's an interesting, I want to read it. It says from the new Republic and it says, oh, new Republic. They have all kinds of these things that force you to, uh, subscribe to this and that when you click on there. So be careful if you ever do. Uh, the moderates fight back. Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg came out swinging during the fourth Democratic debate. Isn't enough to dent Warren's momentum. One of the hardest things for the presidential candidates to put is to put on a smiling face for the TV cameras, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm not going to get too far into that article. 
Um, interesting point that they're saying that they came out swinging and they're actually referring to Pete Buttigieg as a moderate. Now, the thing is, is Pete Buttigieg is trying to go down that narrow road of the moderate, right? He's trying to swing closer to the right where he'd be just barely to the left of a Joe Biden type thing, right? But then again, he's not. He's a Bernie Sanders guy. Uh, but that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to go with that moderate approach. He's trying to be like the one that has a moderate voice. You know, let, yeah, you know, we could take Medicare for all, but we could do Medicare for most. We could do Medicare for those that want it. And then Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders say, well, now you're Medicare for all that can afford it if we do it your way. So that was interesting that she did that she did that uh, or that he, she did that but it's interesting that Drudge is saying that Pete Buttigieg kind of shook the debate up which kind of did, you know? Definitely kind of did. I just think that um I didn't really see it to the point that it was such a big deal but a lot of people are saying that that's the case. So this is the Drudge poll. So Drudge always has a poll as well. And that's what I'm looking at now. Drudge, Drudge poll. Who won the sixth debate? So let's see who it is. I'm going to put in... Um, let's see. I'll put in Gabbard again just to see. Let's go ahead and vote. And boom. Oh, wow. Drudge has Gabbard winning 38%. And she got 79,000 votes. So Drudge has Gabbard winning. Yang is coming in second. Buttigieg coming in third. So Yang has 37,000 votes. Buttigieg has 25,000 votes. Warren gets 14,000 votes. I wonder who of the like the liberal-minded people actually go on to drudge and do these polls. I don't know. Um, I don't think that a lot of like conservatives like Gabbard that much. I mean, if you're like a neoconservative type person and you're like all hyped up about war and stuff like that, you're not going to vote for... Uh, Gabbard on one of these things so I just wonder uh, obviously these are not scientific polls but it does shows kind of like voter sentiment or excitement about their candidate they're going to actually go through these polls and try to vote for their person very interesting very interesting but um, as I said earlier there's not a lot of new news on this debate right like the main thing that I heard was that Pete Buttigieg is the winner because of that um, because of the way that he was calling out the candidates, and he kind of like w- went on the attack. He seemed like a very polite attacker, if you ask me. A very polite attacker. Like, he called people out or all and all that, but it wasn't like a Kamala Harris attack. Like, Kamala Harris, when she attacked, she, like, brought out the claws, man. And uh, Pete Buttigieg, not so much. I don't know that he would be able to stand against Donald Trump on these attacks. He would probably stand there pretty confidently, though seems like to me, but he might get a little bit off-center and uh, take those blows from Donald Trump in a, in a negative way. But I think that's what voters are looking for, though. They're looking for somebody that can beat Donald Trump. We've said that in the past. The, one of the main things that the, can, like the, the, the Democratic voter wants is someone that they feel confident can beat Donald Trump. Can Elizabeth Warren beat Donald Trump? We shall see. As long as the media keeps on framing like Donald Trump in such a negative light, um, maybe these candidates can beat Donald Trump. I've been thinking to myself, it's possible that anybody they put up will beat Donald Trump just because people don't want Donald Trump. That's the way, that's the way that you would think about it if you watch the news, that everyone's just 
dead against, dead set against this guy, but I don't know. I mean, it it's an interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in 2020. Now, during one of the news events of the day, with Donald Trump pulling out of Syria and all that, that a lot of the questions have been going to him and all. And he said, "This is what he said." And I actually like what he said. He said, "Listen, if it was me just being trying to be political here, it would probably be easier for me to just keep a few troops there, keep a few troops in." Syria, keep a few troops here, keep a few troops there, not pull out of Afghanistan, not pull out of Iraq, not pull out of Syria, just leave this issue alone. But I'm not concerned about that. I, I thought that was a very good thing for a politician to say. And you guys know that I'm going to go towards an anti-war stance on this thing, right? Um, whether or not it's a good thing that America pulled troops away and then Turkey invaded that's not on us. That's on Turkey. That's that's not on America. That's on Turkey for invading in the first place. That's my f- opinion on this. And America should not have been there in the first place. Like, America has gotten to the point, and I heard someone say this on, I don't know if it was on the news or wherever, but you have, the only reason why America is in Iraq right now is because we went to Afghanistan to go after Osama bin Laden, right? And then they used, they lied us into war in Iraq. So this is what happens. After after 9-11, we go into Afghanistan. The Congress passes the use, the, the ability, or the gives uh, the authorization for the use of force. George Bush uses that to go into Iraq. Pushes, gets a coalition of countries together, goes into Iraq and invades Iraq, and then overthrows the government there we start trying to replace a dictator we start trying to get a get a government in there that'll work next thing you know we pull out and then all the stuff starts happening with isis and all that stuff over the course of barack obama's term isis starts rising up so we go into iraq and start defeating isis in iraq but then we end up with stuff going on in syria as well and we end up with troops in syria we end up with air bases in Syria, the whole nine yards. All of this happened, though, because of the authorization of the use of force. Now, Congress has never brought up the idea of the authorization for the use of force being a negative, like that the president doesn't have the authority to do that. Until recently, they brought up the idea in Congress, I think they even passed a resolution on this, that said that um, like a lot of Democrats and, and Republicans were on board and saying that the the president doesn't have the authority to be doing a lot of things that they're doing now. And the president does not have the authority. Congress has not declared war. So we shouldn't even have troops in Syria in the first place. That's the biggest that's the biggest thing that's I'm thinking on is like we need to pull troops out of Iraq, we need to pull troops out of Afghanistan, we need to stop mingling in the affairs of all these countries and to be honest with you guys i will support donald trump in doing that you need to let the chips fall where they may in that sense you know maybe it was a rash decision that's but you know what i honestly think to myself if he didn't make a rash decision you would have had mike pompeo and this person and that person and all these congress people just up in arms about any announcement that he makes and then within three days or so 
they go over his head and try to figure out a way to keep our troops there. So, I mean, maybe there has to be a rash decision. I don't know. My only concern is, like, getting the troops home. My only concern is not having my friends and my, you know, people that I know going over to a war zone and maybe having their head blown off for something that we don't believe in, you know? And, like, you have the entire thing that's going on now, the Nancy Pelosi and all of them, they come out of this meeting with Donald Trump and they're sitting there saying, bringing up ISIS again, right? So ISIS is technically defeated. And they're saying, oh, we have this, you know, resurgence, resurgence of ISIS now. And these people, they want to do damage to us at home here in America. They want to come over here and destroy us. And we need to fight them over there. Like they're using that same exact stuff that they said in 2001 to 2003 on why we should just go invade these countries over there so we could fight them over there and not have to fight them here. ISIS never, not once, had the intention of coming to America to fight America. It's like ISIS's entire thing was, we're going to take control of parts of Syria and Iraq and start our little caliphate of a country of our own and expand it, an empire. Because... That's, I mean, they were able to get people on board because those people hate America over there because all the stuff that we've done interfering in their country, all the bombs dropped, killing their cousins, brothers, and uncles, and friends. That's how it happened. That's why they hate us over there is because of the fact that we've been over there for so long. They knew that this stuff would happen. They knew that this blowback would happen. And the longer we stay there, the worse it gets. We don't need troops over there anymore. We need to bring them home. Donald, or who is it? Ron Paul said we marched in, we can march right back out. Yeah, they're so concerned about all of this, you know, filling the vacuum and different countries filling the vacuum and different groups filling the vacuum. Somebody needs to fill the vacuum except for us because all the stuff that's going on over there you always hear about it where there's bombs dropped on this church or this wedding or whatever that kills 15, 20, 30 different um, civilians or whatever. And nobody's ever up in arms when it's us and our bombs killing these civilians. But when Turkey goes in there and kills a few civilians as well, everyone's up in arms at that point. Why don't, what, where's the contradiction there? There's a huge contradiction there. And we don't need to be there. All it does is entrenches us even more. I am passionate about this thing, man, that we need to get ourselves out of this stuff. And I'll support him on this. I'll support Donald Trump on this stuff. But it just shows where the Democrats are. It shows where Republicans are. They all want forever wars. They all want it. They don't want to leave. Never. I mean, it's not good for the money, guys. It's not good for those campaign donations, you know? They get lots of money from the likes of... Um, the the military industrial complex they certainly do so uh, that's all i got for you guys though i appreciate those that continue to listen to the show day in and day out i'll be putting these shows up monday through friday for you until november 2020 and uh, after that i'm not sure what i'm going to do i haven't decided yet but i appreciate those that continue to listen if you want to keep on listening you can do that by subscribing to the show and then come back tomorrow and what will you have you'll have clear vision for 2020 Okay, it's official. 
First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. The website is up, firstyearinsales.com, as well as the podcast, First Year in Sales. So, if you know somebody or if you happen to be in sales, you might as well go ahead and check this thing out, right? Because it is going to help you become a better salesperson by grounding you with the habits and the skills needed to be successful in sales, especially in your first year. But even if you're not in your first year, might as well check it out because then you'll be able to get back to the basics and getting back to the basics is key in sales. I've always felt that way. So go ahead and check it out. First year in sales is ready and it's a podcast and you can do first year in sales dot com.